You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Today, I am joined by the host of the Locked On Royals podcast, the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast. It is Rylan Styles. Rylan, why do you like bad teams so much? You know, it's a curse. It really is. But both of them are trending in the right direction. So let's just be happy about that. That is very, very true. And the, the Thunder have been a very, very good team. And, you know, obviously they had to tear it apart a little bit. And then the Royals, same sort of thing, uh, less to do with trades. But the Royals have actually been pretty decent this year. Um, I know that you were on it a little bit because of some of the free agent signings that the, the Royals made uh, over the course of the winter. And uh, I, I thought that they had some upside, especially in that division. Um yeah, so they're, they're currently, as we are recording this, at 500. They're losing 2 to nothing as of right now to the Angels on Tuesday. But they're a 500 team, and they've been good at home and on the road. Um, what is who, who is the catalyst for this success right now? Is it just Salvador Perez, or is there a, a decent amount going on behind him too? Yeah, so Salvador Perez has been the guy that you want to look at to, to bring legitimate to this lineup, but Carlos Santana has been incredible. Carlos Santana has been that steady bat that you want to see getting on base and, and, and kind of whenever guys get swing happy or strike it happier, they can't get on base. Santana can kind of get room back in line. And then the resurgence of Andrew Benatendi has been awesome. It's been those three that are the reason why this team is so good right now, or at least so mediocre right now. And that's what's given Royals fans the most optimism because we've only seen seven games of Alberto Mondesi, Witt has not been elite just yet, but he's getting there. He's battling back from a bit of a slow start. Jorge Soler has been the worst hitter in all of baseball. Hunter Dozier has been atrocious outside of these last couple of weeks here. He's finally turning it around a bit. And so whenever you put all that into the mix and account for all of that, the fact that you're 500 at this moment is pretty impressive. And so if those players do bounce back and most of them uh, seem like there's just no reason why they shouldn't, then this lineup gets even more uh acceptable or even better but yeah that attendee Perez and Santana have been the big three so the, the, the Royals started off really really hot and they caught everybody the baseball world by surprise and then May uh, they kind of crashed back down to earth and now they're playing a little bit better what is what is it when they are playing well what are they doing well and when they're playing bad what are they missing what 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 causes that Jekyll and Hyde for the Kansas City Royals from just month to month or week to week? It's easy to say everything because they, they play <laughs> so up and down. But if you had to pinpoint one thing, it's just the fact that this is a young team. And your rotation is Brady Singer and it's Chris Pubich and it's now a circulation of Jackson Coar and Daniel Lynch, uh, two young guys who made their debuts, the debuts this year. Danny Duffy got hurt and he had a career year to that point. Uh, Floyd with the best year I know of baseball and then he got hurt so that hurt the rotation in terms of having a, a veteran that every fifth day you knew would get your rotation back on track uh, you know the rotation being up and down and then the bullpen uh, you know just certain days they don't 
quite have enough arms, enough depth in that bullpen. Their top of the bullpen is very, very good. Uh, their bottom is very, very bad. And so whenever you're playing those seven days and seven, seven games in seven days, that's going to lead to some stressors whenever you're playing mostly one run games like you are in Kansas city. Uh, but again, the lineup, whenever you have a guy like Soler who is not showing up and you have a guy like Dozier who for most of this year has not shown up. And then you have any sort of drop off from wit, which you saw at the beginning of this year, then you're going to leave yourself susceptible to having bad stretches. But the, the April stretch was a lot of fun. May, not so much on the 10 game losing streak. And then the end of May and start of June had been really good to this point. Now they're going back on the losing side. They've lost three, four straight. We'll see what they do tonight against the angels and tomorrow against the angels leading into this Oakland series against a very powerful ACE team. But it's clear that this team is going to be very up and down all year and ride that roller coaster because of their youth and experience. So if the, if they're roughly where they are right now, which is a 29 and 29 team, as we are recording this, if they're a 500 team, I know that it's a month and a half away, but how would the Royals go about the trade deadline? Cause they've got some guys that could be moved. that could be valuable to help restart a rebuild, but are they going to be adding pieces if they're kind of in it? Uh, where do you, how do you see them approaching this trade deadline? So the deadline will be very interesting for Kansas city because They've talked for the last five years about how in 2022, that's when you need to hold them accountable. That's when their clock starts. That's when it's playoffs or bust. And if they don't make the playoffs next year, it's deemed to be a total failure. What they've done these last few years leading up to 2022, especially when you factor in that we're probably going to see expanded postseason with the CBA this, this winter. We'll see if that actually comes true. Uh, but next year is supposed to be the year. If you trade away Whit Merrifield this, this deadline, what does that do for next year whenever you've talked all this time about being a playoff team next year? I wouldn't necessarily see them adding anybody. Uh, maybe they just give away Jorge Soler because he's playing so bad. And, you know, maybe the Yankees talk themselves into, hey, you know what? This is a guy that we know has a ton of potential. We have a short porch. We're playing in a division. There's a ton of short ballparks and, and, and uh, hitter-friendly ballparks. Let's just trade for Soler and see what happens. It can't be any worse than it is right now. Maybe you see a guy like that move, but other than that, I don't see any big time surprises or flashes from the Royals in the deadline. I think that ultimately they hold on to it. Mayfield is a guy that the fans love. And there's something to be said for that. And especially this ownership group is trying to continue to build up a certain cachet with the fan base. They've done a hell of a job so far. Bringing in Mike Miner and Carlos Santana did a lot to revitalize this fan base. And, and they've done everything right to this point, the new ownership has. And so to hold on to a guy like what Merrifield, uh, who's 31 years old and you have to pay in 2023 would be a good sign moving forward for this fan base and something that they can rally around comparatively to, Hey, this Royals team, boring, anything crazy is going to be four and a half games out or even better than that of a second wild card spot. So it'd be a very bad narrative to trade a guy like Whit Merrifield, <laughs> Whit Merrifield, whenever you're that close to the playoffs and then say, hey, next year's our year for the playoff window. Next year's the year we, we, that we want to make a play, uh, playoff appearance. It'd be interesting, right? So the baseball side of it, you might say, well, why not trade Witt? He's 31 years old and he's only under control for uh, up until 2023. This is going to be his peak value if he can go back to the way he performed last year and the way he's performed in recent years. But the optics of it, how does that correlate into things? And we've typically seen Kansas City operate under Dayton Moore, more so with the optics and more so with the emotion versus cutthroat baseball business like the Tampa Bay Rays do. He's way more on the ethos than, say, the Rays are, and I think that we're going to see the Royals kind of stand pat. But the only valuable asset that the Royals could move on from 
would be a guy like with Merrifield, a sneaky option could be Danny Duffy. But again, I think that this Royals team wants to re-sign him. He is in a walking year and he's having a hell of a season. He's been incredible. And here's a guy for me that I've been very down on uh, Danny Duffy. He's still not going deep into games, but he would be a serviceable arm for a playoff team because he's also proven that in this year, he's a good starter, but recently he's been a elite bullpen arm whenever the Royals were making their runs before his injury, whenever they were actually good in 2014, 2015 before his injury, he was awesome out of that bullpen. So he can be a very talented asset, but again, will the Royals give away assets whenever they've been, whenever they've been kind of compiling everybody for 2022, anyone's guess it would be right. Right now, at least. I would still like Josh Stallman. Um, I know that I tried to get him from you during the offseason, so I'd still like him if he becomes available. Just send him to me, and I'll, I'll make it work. It's fine. <laughs> um, he, he's been really, really good, too. I, I really like uh, bullpen arms. I don't know why. It's just always been an affinity of mine. It's bullpen arms and going to find them, and he's been really good, and people uh, like him in fantasy baseball now. But I felt like I was on that train before other people, so I was giving your team love on Yahoo uh, beforehand. Um, so you, you talk a lot about the, the window in 2022 and, uh, that's how they should, uh, you know, that's a factor at this year's trade deadline. Um, do you think that the White Sox are going to be taking a step back? Cause isn't Lance Lynn uh, going to be a free agent? I, I think he's a free agent after this year. Um, will they have enough firepower or does it depend on what moves are made, uh, to compete with a team like the Chicago White Sox in your division? That's probably your biggest competition. The Twins could retool as well. So uh, there, there are some hurdles, but um, yeah. Do you think that the Royals will have enough without making other additions? So the, the Royals are in an interesting spot with this division because Cleveland, uh, while playing well, right at this very moment, uh, their ownership group has clearly shown that they care about how they cannot spend money and not add to that team mm -hmm. and be either mediocre and be happy with it or be a bad team and not care about it because they're making money. One of the two. If they can be a playoff team, great, but they're not going to go all in for it. Now, the Royals have shown that they'll go for it. Like, even if it doesn't make any sense, right? If the Royals did not sign Carlos Santana and Mike Meyer this, this offseason, they would be a worse team than they are right now. And they would be another 90-loss team, maybe pushing 100 losses. That would be two key losses from this Royals team. But they didn't do that. They went ahead and added those guys and Michael A. Taylor, who, again, Michael A. Taylor – was one of the worst years in baseball in Washington. He's been serviceable at the plate this year with Kansas City and been very, very good defensively. So that's another key addition that this ownership group made. And again, if they made no moves, if they did not bring in any of those three guys who are not marquee names whatsoever, mm -hmm. but if they would have just stand pat and not wasted that money, so to say, then they could have saved money and, and earned money themselves and, and made money themselves as, as a profit. And fans would not have cared. Fans would not be beating on the door in Kansas City. They would not be upset. But the fact that they did spend that money when they didn't have to has earned the fans trust and earned the fans respect for this organization. And they've proven that let this team get competitive. Let this team show that these young pitchers and Bobby Witt Jr. and these young bats are going to be electric and going to be fun. Then they will truly go add that, that ilk of player who immediately resonates. Whereas with Carlos Santana, you've got to find the walk numbers. You've got to find the, the intricacies of his game before you get really excited about it. They'll go get somebody who will be very fun. And I cannot say the same about Jerry Reimsdorf. I cannot say the same about Cleveland. I cannot say the same about the Twins. I cannot say the same about anybody in this division besides this ownership group with, with, with Sherman and with the Royals. So 
the fact that the Royals have the young prospects, they have the young players, and they have an aggressive owner, to me, puts it to where you can't be afraid of the White Sox. While on paper, they're better right now. They have a worse manager. They have a worse ownership group. And that's two big deciding factors while having a worse GM that you have to take into account moving forward. Very true. Um, I mean, I like the White Sox because they're swaggy, but I I think that I might be able to root for the Royals at some points. And I I have not forgiven or forgotten 2014, but I feel like I might be able to get past that at some points if you guys are having fun. I don't need any, you know, like Brian McCann, this is how we play baseball here kind of stuff. Uh, So if that starts showing up, no. Hey, it's me real quick. Um, I got some questions being thrown my way coming up for you guys. So I'm talking about the A's and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, We also have a prop bet that we're going to be throwing out there in the third segment. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room and Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On A's once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. And Locker Room is the perfect place to join conversations or even start them on your own about baseball. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, big news or rumors. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at ByJasonB to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live on Thursday today uh, at some point, probably in the afternoon. So uh, it's not going to be game time like usual. My wife's work schedule is changing. So I am changing my locker room times accordingly. So yeah, I'll be live Thursday, probably in the afternoon and uh, talking about the A's and all that stuff. So I'll see you guys there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better, cleaner nicotine alternative. And finally, there is tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three other flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. And Locked On MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And now Rylan asked me questions. So uh, what do you got for me, man? So with the A's, what's happening? It feels like as an outsider who, you know, we're in the central of America and we're, and the talk is always about how, oh, these games come out, you know, so late in the West Coast and who can stay up for these games. It feels like at one point the A's were like full-blown panic two weeks into the year. And then at a different point, it's like, okay, they're the best team in baseball. And then it's like, okay, maybe not baseball, but the at least the American League West and the American League. 
where are the A's even at? It feels like they've had such a dramatic 180 this year. I think, well, they, they started off uh, really, really, really bad. They were one and seven, and then they won 13 games in Oros, and then they were really, really good. Um, and then they've kind of been, you know, rough, a couple of games above 500 since. So, uh, and that's kind of just baseball in a nutshell is try to avoid the long losing streaks, try to get as many longer winning streaks as possible, and then just go 500 the rest of the way. So uh, just, they're just out there just winning series for the most part. And uh, they haven't been playing great overall. Like they're, you know, pitching staff ERA is like around four and a half, but you're seeing more and more good outings. Uh, Manaya and Bassett have been going into the seventh, eighth innings. Uh, Bassett just had a complete game a week and a half ago or so. Um, and he's becoming kind of an ace of the staff and not, you know, like Garrett Cole, where he's going to go strike out 13 guys and go seven innings and then hand it over to a raw Chapman. And they're going to, you know, just beat everybody up that he's more of a, Hey, if I give up a run or two early, you're not getting any more off of me. And he just shuts it down. And then he gives you that six when he'd be at like 65 pitches. This is one particular start. He was at like 65 pitches through like three innings. And you're like, Ooh, is he going to make it through, you know, a, a little bit, is he going to make it is the, is the question. And then he just shut it down and he went to six or seven innings in that game. And uh, he, he's a competitor. He is a bulldog. He is the leader of the staff. And so everything goes from him, I think. And when you think Chris Bassett, you're like, yeah, oh, whatever. But if you're not watching him on a, you know, start to start basis, you don't get stuff like that in the box score. So uh, that's kind of the encapsulation of the entire A's team uh, overall uh, you got him and then you know they brought in uh elvis andrews to not replace but you know uh man shortstop instead of marcus simeon and elvis andrews just a, a bright sunshine guy he he gives us the smiles above replacement um he's been a lot better over the last uh 30 days or 30 games as well i think he's sitting over 300 the last 30 so you see all these you know think pieces like oh the a's have the worst ops at shortstop in baseball but He's actually been good. He's never been a home run guy, but he's getting on base. He's getting hits. He can move the ball. He's in the same week. He uh, coerced a balk in Boston. So he scored a run from third base on a balk. And then he got a catcher's interference because a rookie catcher, you know, kind of went out and, and then he like bumped shoulders with him and he dove and it scored another run because the umpiring staff or the umpiring crew was like, yeah, that counts. So he's a very, uh, just, just a thoughtful plot player on the diamond. And I like having him here. Uh, are they going to go after another piece potentially, you know, Trevor story has been in the rumors, whether or not I believe them, I don't know, but uh, yeah, just overall, you got a bunch of guys that are plugged in and uh, there's still room to grow. I met Olson is the best that we've seen him right now, but it looks like he's made adjustments and he's been putting in the work. It's not, you know, a fluky two month thing. He's been really good. He's cut down on the strikeout rate. He's been fantastic. Uh, the way he's playing right now, he should be an all-star, and you might even see him get MVP votes from the first two months that he's put in. Matt Chapman has a lot to uh, to improve upon. He's been great uh, defensively, but offensively, he's hitting right around 200. He's not driving the ball a whole ton. He's struggling on fastballs. Uh, don't tell Dayton Moore and the coaching staff about the fastball thing. That's, that's between you and me uh, for this weekend series, but there's still room to grow for these guys and they've struggled with the Astros, but other than that, they can beat any other team. They've played well against uh, the Blue Jays, the, the Red Sox, the, um, the Rays, all of these other teams that are, you know, the, the top of the, the heap, they played them well. So I think that they're good. They just need to figure out how to beat Houston or avoid Houston. One of those two. And uh, I think that they could actually 
have a pretty good run in the playoffs. And I certainly hope that the A's learn how to beat the Astros. Or the Astros learn how to beat trash cans. <laughs> Don't tell Locked on Astros about that. So much. I had no idea that he had a sound effect queued up and it tickled me so much. That was genuine laughter. Uh, anyways, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. And if you guys are not familiar with Built Bar, they have nine core flavors like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And there is something for everyone if you're in the market for some protein bars. They taste like candy bars. They sent me the new flavor, the grasshopper cookie. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, you got to go on their website and check out their core flavors. You can check out their seasonal flavors. They always have something new coming to their website. So you got to check in fairly regularly because they sell out quickly. And if you don't know what flavor you're in the mood for yet, just go on to their website and they have mix boxes where you get two of each and every flavor. You get 18 total bars. And if that sounds like something that you might be interested in, go to their website, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off your first order. Find that favorite one of yours and then keep coming back once you get those and you're like, hey, these are all delicious. Hey, let me try this grasshopper cookie. That's all you got to do. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device to check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit out on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Uh, the, you know, baseball, we're still a little ways away from playoff contention, but why not look at the standings, place some bets for futures and whatnot. It's a good time to do that. They got futures on football. They got prop bets. They got everything that you need over at BetOnline. So head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that's why everybody says that BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. And back to my conversation with Rylan. Don't tell Locked On Ashes about that. Uh, but but <laughs> I, I do want to ask you about this A's team because Again, West Coast baseball is not something that, that is followed very closely by people in this area of the country. But I feel like whenever I rattle off their lineup of Mark Canna, Jed Lowry, Matt Olson, Mitch Moreland, John Murphy, Seth Brown, Matt Chapman, Tony Kemp, Elvis Andrus, I feel like a lot of those names are not very recognizable. And a lot of those names are, might be only recognizable because of Mitch Moreland and Elvis Andrus and, and what they've done uh, previously in their career. And then, of course, you have the stud and Matt Olson, and you have the stud Matt Chapman. What exactly are the A's doing? Like, well, what's the window? What's the, what's the expectation? Like in Kansas City, we mentioned how next year, it's everyone's on board, fans, media, the organization, that next year's a year where you have to push for the playoffs and you have to uh, be held to that standard. What, what's the goal down the line here for Oakland? Is it you know, let's just roll the ball out there and play and see what happens. Is that, okay, this year, make the playoffs. Next year, take that step to the championship series. The next year, 
World Series, is there a definitive definitive timeline about what's happening in Oakland right now? Or is it kind of just a hodgepodge of, of let's keep circling through talent and just make the playoffs every year and see what happens? I think that's more so uh, what they're going for. I think that we're near the end of the competitive cycle um, before you know, we don't know what's coming with the uh, the CBA in the offseason. So are they going to be able – usually I would say they, this might be their last year with, you know, Olsen and Chapman and all these guys on the same team because then they got two more years of control. This would be the offseason that you would trade them. I don't know. Uh, it's just something that you keep an eye out for and, uh, you know, hope that it doesn't happen. But you got to, you know, prepare yourself as an Oakland fan for the departures like that. But it looks like they kind of put together a team and then kind of address some some little things with some smaller trades at the trade deadline and see if it works. And usually it doesn't. Um, or, you know, it hasn't in the entirety of Billy Bean's span with, uh, with the A's. But it's still fun to a degree and it, when it does work oh man is it going to be fantastic uh the, the hope is just that it will work one of these times um but I, I the the entire most of the time that i've been the host of locked on a's i've been saying i feel like this this coming season the 2021 season right now that we are in feels like the the 2014 season for the a's where they went out and made those big moves those big win now moves they got jeff samarja they got john lester they got jason hamill they they took one of their, their, I think their best prospect at the time, Addison Russell, they traded him. They, they made those bold moves. And I feel like that could be what we see right now, but the uncertainty of the CBA and whether or not the trade market's going to be as active as usual, whether or not they could get a return, that could keep, you know, uh, Olsen and Chapman and Loreano and those guys uh, in town for a little bit longer and get that window open a little bit. But um, it's going to be interesting. And you, you say you don't know guys that are on the A's or, uh, you know, when you look at the lineup, uh, I, I pulled up fan graphs as you were saying that. And Mark Canna, 13th best hitter in baseball, according to WRC plus with a 149. Um, during the offseason, I was comparing him to Michael Brantley because their stats, uh, Michael Brantley hits for a higher average. But according to WRC plus and, you know, strikeout rate, walk rate, all that other stuff, uh, he's he's almost a better hitter than Michael Brantley. He just doesn't have that one batting average stat because he's hitting 259 right now, but he has a 388 on base. And you look at 388 on base, like who's Mark Canna? There's no way he can keep doing that. He's done it the last two years too. So he's been fantastic for a, a length of time, but the A's play on the West Coast, so nobody pays attention to him, but he's been fantastic. He'll be a free agent after this season. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but I, I'm very intrigued to see what he gets in free agency too. Is it going to be a Michael Brantley deal? Is it going to be a little bit less because nobody knows who he is because he plays for Oakland? I don't know. And then you got Ramon Laureano, who is currently on the IL. Uh, he's the 17th best hitter in baseball, according to WRC plus with a 135 WRC plus, which is, uh, Oh, I did not sort these by WRC plus. Those are not the right rankings. <laughs> But anyways, uh, and then Matt Olson's also right there. So they got three guys that are in the like top 20 hitters in baseball. And uh, yeah, you don't know them, but they're pretty good with the bats. And I posed this question uh, on our social media page or on our Twitter page today before the game. And it was, you know, the guys that you just mentioned. And I was like, who do you trust the least in this lineup right now? Because for me, I think that it's actually Matt Chapman because everybody else is pretty decent. Seth Brown, maybe, uh, but Seth Brown will, uh, hits you some dingers and come up with big hits, but he doesn't do much else uh, currently right now. Uh, he's still, I think, got rookie status. So uh, he's still young, you know, like like your Royals. Um, yeah, no, they've got a very interesting lineup and uh, they don't get a lot of pub, but they are fantastic. Uh, so I resorted them. Matt Olson, 
he's the eighth best hitter in baseball. He's the A's best hitter. And that makes more sense. He has a 160 WRC plus. Then you got Canna, who's actually 14th with a 149. And then uh, Ramon Laureano is 29th with a 135. So uh, Ramon Laureano is basically, or is has the same WRC plus as Jose Ramirez. He's good. Uh, Mark Canna is right there with Yohan Mancata and Shohei Otani. And then Matt Olson is like Aaron Judge. So put those three guys together and that's the A's lineup, but just the non-brand names. So I, I did want to ask a thing that I saw today on Twitter. I have not gotten to listen yet. It's a Tuesday episode. So your fans will probably, I've already heard it by now, but I saw your tweet about what the show is about today. And it was about trading for Trevor story. Now I think that we can rehash this subject because I don't think it's ever going to get old hearing about your team, possibly adding Trevor story. So I feel comfortable asking this question on Thursday after you talked about it on Tuesday. But whenever I saw that, and it was a great graphic, you included him with the show, which I love the show. <laughs> but when I saw that, nothing about the Oakland A's screams, let's trade for a guy like Trevor Story. Let's trade for a guy who's going to be a free agent this year. Even though he's a great player, let's trade for a guy, give up assets for a guy who is going to walk at the end of the year, or we have to pay big money to. Is there legitimacy to this team trading for Trevor Story? Because you mentioned about the window and what it looks like past this year. This Oakland team, if they can get into the playoffs, which we know they're going to get in, they're going to get in in some capacity, probably by division winners, in my opinion. Uh, once they get into the playoffs, anything can happen. The Royals in, in 2014, 2015 should not have went to the World Series, but they did because they got in and they won the games they needed to win and they had big clutch moments and the ball bounced their way. The ball can simply bounce your way in baseball. You do not have to be the best team on paper. Is there legitimacy to Oakland trading for Trevor Story? I think that there could be, but the reports that have come out so far, uh, one of them was Bob Nightingale and he's always wrong. And his uh, article was behind a paywall. I do not subscribe to USA Today. So I assumed that it said, I'm Bob Nightingale and this is what I say. Um, and then it was wrong. It doesn't matter. Uh, but John Paul Morosi of MLB Network also tweeted out and he's like, oh, the athletics are expected to be one of the teams that will also be on, be in on Trevor's story. The A's have, you know, the, be the worst OPS uh, in baseball at shortstop. And so I took that and I was like, yeah, that seems more like he's thinking about who could go after Trevor Story as opposed to Billy Bean, David Force, the A's are interested in Trevor Story. So I don't know how much weight to give the rumors just yet. Do I think that the A's will kick the tires? Yes, I do. Um, I went over, you know, um, who they could trade in a Trevor Story deal. And I was like, oh, they got this athletic center fielder uh, or, you know, outfielder um, in AAA. He'd be really good. Uh, he can roam that entirety, the entirety of Coors Field. He's got a good arm. He's got a good bat. I think that he'd be a nice addition and it wouldn't kill the A's to trade that person. Basically, I think that they would be trading guys that have some upside, but they're not going to be, you know, uh, franchise altering pieces because it's two years of Trevor Story who has been 12% below league average according to WRC plus this year and that's both home and the road it's not you know just cores or anything like that so I think that the the asking price or the actual price for Trevor Story at the trade deadline as we sit right now if he does not improve those numbers is going to be a lot less than the five for a one deal that we saw for Manny Machado in 2018, just because Manny Machado had a 155 WRC plus and Trevor story is not performing to that degree just yet. And he also is making more money. So um, unless the Rockies want to eat all of the money, then they're not going to be getting that great of a return. They could get some nice pieces for sure. And I, I named some guys on the show that I won't get into right now, but um, I think that the A's 
could legitimately be interested. And I feel like this is the year that they would push their chips in for a move like that because Bob Melvin has one more year on his contract and he just, you know, set the Oakland managerial record for most wins by a manager in Oakland history. So uh, congrats to Bob Melvin on that one, passing Tony La Russa. And uh, so that was fun, but I feel it's his potentially last year. It's a, technically a team option, but they said they would give it up to, you know, they would let Bob decide what he wants to keep doing because he's been here for so long and been such a great manager for the A's. Uh, Billy Bean almost left the president of baseball operations role for the A's in the off season, but uh, that fell apart with, you know, the Red Sox ownership, ownership group and uh, you know, whatever the hell they're like highball or whatever they're doing over there. Um, and so it feels like it's coming to be, the end of an era and why not push those chips in if you're probably going to be tearing it down before long anyway and you know replacing a lot of the guys that you would trade away with other guys from other systems uh you know by trading away Chapman and Olsen all those guys um I still don't expect the A's to resign those guys just yet so uh why not just make a big push make a big big push and uh, see if see if you can get a banner See if you can get that banner and then get that stadium built and then uh, go from there. So I think that there is legitimacy to the A's potentially being interested. I don't know if it has been expressed just yet because they're usually a little more quiet about what they want to do um, just because they, they told everybody about Moneyball and it kind of bit them in the butt. So, <laughs> but yeah, that that's, I think that they could go after Trevor Story or, you know, a big bat like that. Maybe Joey Gallo, if uh, the Rangers want to keep trading with the A's within the division, that'd be fun. Um, the, the A's need a bat to either probably a third or fourth, you know, a, a third outfielder or a fourth outfielder, depending on what they want to do there, uh, or shortstop. But then I don't know what they would do with Elvis Andrews, who still has a year of control left, uh, team control left. So I don't know where they'd put him except for maybe second base. But then what do you do with Tony Kemp and Jeb Lowry? Um, it, it's very interesting. So uh, there's a lot of pieces going on. And if they do get Trevor Story, there's going to be other moves that move some other guys that are still on the team right now uh, to other places. So uh, there's a lot going on right now. But, you know, you take it as it comes, I think. Hey, that would be a lot of fun. And if the A's do get Trevor Story, what a story that would be, huh? What are you expecting this weekend? Like, what – what do you need to see from the A's to consider this a win? And on Monday's show, you're going to be praising the A's. Is it taking all four? Is it taking three of four? Is it a split? What this weekend do you need to see from Oakland? Um, are you guys going to be playing good this weekend or not? I, I think that's the determining factor for me. I'd assume not be playing good this weekend, honestly. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, three or four would be good, uh, you know, obviously a sweet, blah, 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 but um, a split three or four, I think that that'd be fine with how the Royals have been playing and all that stuff. Um, I'm good with, you know, roughly going 500 or, you know, winning series for the most part, and then really beating up on the teams that you're supposed to beat up on, like the Minnesota Twins when they played them earlier in the season and they were struggling. Yeah, beat them up, beat up on those guys. If uh, the A's had played the Royals in May, beat them up but right now they're playing better so if they if they split the four game series i'm completely fine with that they're, they're not going to be having uh shamanaya out there one of the A's two best pitchers so far this year so uh i, I don't know how much I, the A's rotation is actually fairly solid because I, I believe the rotation is going to be uh frankie montas for this weekend frankie montas who's uh can be really good or you know kind of blow it up a little bit uh, Cole Irvin's been fairly solid. He pitched really well in Colorado. I like that. He's more of a precision pitcher. He hits his spots. Uh, so if he's not hitting his spots, then maybe you guys can get to him. 
James Caprillion, who's who started off really, really hot, and then he's struggled a little bit, but he's still fairly solid. And then you got the A's ace, uh, Chris Bassett, in the finale. So uh, I believe that that's the rotation coming forward, and I, the bats are waking up. So if the bats continue to wake up, then I think that you guys could be in a little bit of trouble. But uh, what are you expecting? Yeah, so the Royals are going to toss out Mike Miner, Brady Singer, Jackson Coar in his second start of his MLB career, and then Chris Bubich. If you take one game in Oakland, it's a it's a tough time to travel out west. It's a tough trip to make no matter who you're playing. If you take one, that's great. If you take two, that's a massive success. If you take three, uh, heaven help us, Monday will be a fun show. So I, I think that just taking <laughs> one would be pretty great in all honesty. And it's something that, again, it's, it's tough. It's tough to travel out west and win games out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're happy with only winning one, then I'll be happy with winning three. And I think that we'd both, uh, you know, be okay. So Monday show would be a lot of fun. You're right. Well, uh, that's all that I got for you. Do you have anything else before we close it out? Hopefully the A's stay in Oakland. That's all. Yes. I don't know that there's anybody that actually wants the team to move, except for like people in Vegas or, you know, Yankees fans who are dicks. (laughs) That's all I got. So that's all I got for you. But uh, where can people find you on social media? And uh, yeah, also talk about the Thunder if you want to. It's fine. Uh, Thunder, great. Lottery night comes out June 22nd. Got to see where the Thunder will pick in this upcoming draft. That'll be a lot of fun. Check out Locked on Thunder. Check out Locked on Royals. I'm on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. But most of my Royals tweets are on at Locked on Royals on Twitter. So if you're only into the Royals, follow at Locked on Royals on Twitter. What about you, Jason? Where, they can, where can they find you at on social media? The show is at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. Uh, I'm sure that you guys have all heard about the Locker Room app before. I also do that. And uh, I talk about the A's. So that's it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you for doing this. We'll, we'll have to do this again when the A's and Royals play a little bit later in the season because uh, I think this is our first actual crossover that we've done. So this is fun. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. Love it. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll figure out the, uh, the prop bet for later on. But uh, yeah, until then, uh, enjoy, everybody. So you heard me just mention the prop bet. I cut that from the episode because it was just a lot of a, hey, so what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, So there was like a minute of that. So I I cut that. There is a prop bet going on. We are going between Salvador Perez and Matt Chapman. I figured I'd pick Chappie so that we could, you know, get behind him and hopefully get something going with him because it worked for Elvis Andrews last month. So uh, we're rooting for Matt Chapman this weekend. Who's going to have more hits? And if they tie on hits, then Who's going to get on base the most is the is the tiebreaker. So that's what we got going on this weekend. So put all your good vibes towards Chappie. There's a graphic on social media. Make sure to, you know, place your votes over there if you can. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we got for you today. So hopefully you enjoyed my talk with Rylan. Uh, first time on the show. So it was fun to talk to him. You know, I've talked to him on Locker Room and stuff, but this is the first show that we've done together. So it was a good time. But uh, if you still need some more sports talk in your life, go listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Uh, I'm doing this in the afternoon. So sports haven't happened today yet, so I don't know what they're talking about. But you'll find out with me when you listen to the Locked On Today podcast, wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, So that's it for me today, guys. Go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.